You're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back. This week on the road, we conclude our wrap of the 2021 Brisbane Truck Show as we get a frog's eye view of the truck show when Kermie shares with us his experience over the few days he was in attendance. Mike continues his look at steer tyres and the feedback you've given us on the subject. That's in something to talk about later in the show. We've got our regular on-the-road news, music from Jane Denham and Peter Moon, and a whole lot more. So, without further fuss or fanfare, let's do it. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Jane Denham, our great mate and the queen of Aussie trucking music, explained the history of this next song, saying, My producer Brian White and I were barnstorming ideas about trucking songs. He mentioned the title Stacks, which immediately took me back to my childhood. I remember as a kid going to truck races and seeing all those beautiful blinged-up rigs screaming around the track. One of my favourite parts of the day was when the drivers would put the pedal to the metal and you would hear this loud roar and see the smoke coming from those 11 feet of galvanised chrome stacks. You can almost smell the diesel in her words, can't you? Here's Jane Denham with her song simply called Stacks. Galvanized thunder 
Well, I finally managed to find 10 minutes to have a chat with me old mate Kermie, who happened to go up to the truck show in Brisbane because I couldn't go. And now I believe you're going to tell me all the stuff I missed out on and all the stuff you managed to get to see. That's about the size of it, isn't it, mate? It is, mate. It was great to be able to get up there, and thanks to your good self. Uh, Would I have flown from Perth to see the show? Mm, Look, I don't know, mate. Maybe not. It would have been nice if all the OEMs had been involved. With the uncertainty around COVID, though, you really couldn't blame them. There is an awful lot of money involved. Look, I'm sure they'll be back for the next one. I also got to admit that I'm an unabashed fan of the old showgrounds where they used to hold it. I mean, to me, that place just had a great atmosphere, not only between exhibitors and the public, but also between the exhibitors themselves. Mate, I'm just being picky and congratulations to the organisers for putting on a wonderful show in the face of really what could have been great adversity. Yeah. So uh, I'll put my thinking cap on and I'll try and take you around the show as I pass the exhibits. We saw some of the videos and that. I saw the legend there and the SAR. Mate, I'll tell you what, would I have flown over from Perth? Bloody oath I would have. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) What I was concerned about was that, you know, I was going to end up over there because they've got in the Perth Peel area where I am now. We had a bit of an incident over here, and the suggestion was that I may, in fact, have to quarantine when I got there. I sort of got the impression that that was going to be left up to the opinion of someone at the airport. Yep. And I don't like taking chances like that, you know. Yes, mate. Look, there is a lot of money involved. Well, I had to basically make a decision and and say, oh, well, you know, will I risk it or won't I risk it? And I thought, well, I don't mind taking a risk, but there wasn't a beer involved at the moment, and there wasn't a bird involved. And those are the two things I've been known to risk most for over the years. <laughs> You're not alone there. I mean, I can look at a truck. You know, I, I love looking at trucks. Everyone knows that. You know, I'm, I'm often looking at trucks. In fact, just as a side issue, when I went to Canada with Rose, I was looking at all the trucks and I was saying, geez, you wouldn't see that in Australia, babe. And she got the shits with it in the finish and she sort of thing. I think she said, she wished I'd perv on birds like any normal bloke. <laughs> On that basis, mate, you should have taken a risk just to see the SAR legend. (laughs) I'll tell you what, it's a good-looking bit of gear, that, isn't it? Mate, it is. She's a beauty. Real standout of the show, I've got to say, and that was reflected in the number of people that were queued up to have a look at it. Mm. So before I get to that, though, uh, let me take you around as I saw things in order and before my memory goes astray on me. So the first place I came across, and they're probably the forgotten truck company, and that's Iveco. Who? Do they make trucks? Do they make <laughs> they, trucks? They do, and they still do, and they've got a couple of new products coming out onto the market. All right. I spoke with Paul Stanley, who's the general sales manager, and he's pretty excited about the company's future. Yeah. Paul was a Cummins mechanic where he did his apprenticeship. He went to Iveco at about the age of 20 and did a fair stint in the floor there, then left the company for a little while and he went to work for Harley-Davidson and Nissan. Yeah. He's just come back into this role and he's loving it, to quote him. He showed me the new Stralis, or maybe it's going to be called the Highway. That was the name that was on the number plate. Yep. So I probably shouldn't call it a Stralis. They're actually thinking about a rename, but this is a soft launch on their new B-double-rated Prime Mover. It's got 550 horsepower, and it's powered by the Cursor 13 litre, which is made in-house, as people would know, by Oveco. Now, that motor's been around in one form or another for some time. I think it kicked off in the late 90s. Yeah, it did, yep. The truck's driving driving through a, a ZF Eurotronic 15-speed transmission, and that's a couple more than Mercedes and Scania auto products, mm. and it should help with a relatively small engine displacement, I would think. Look, whatever the model's called, it's going to come with all the safety gear expected on trucks these days. And, mate, I've got to say, it's a good-looking truck. It could win a few hearts out on the road, I think. They also had an Echo in Garbo, guys, and they've had a lot of success in that field, along with agitators, as most people would know. And then they had the Evergreen Daily, which they're doing well with, particularly in the RV market segment. So with new management at Iveco, and I think the head honcho there is uh, ex-Mercedes-Benz, we'd hope to see some good things come from them in the future. And I've been invited down for a tour and a drive of some of their products which I'll do in the next few weeks, and I'll report back to you, mate. That'd be great. So the next one on the circuit was Sea Electric, and I met Glenn Walker, who's the Vice President of Asia Pacific, mm. and also the company's latest acquisition, Bill Gillespie, who's their new El Presidente. Bill, as people may know, was one of the head honchos at Hino. Mm. He left recently to move to Brisbane for personal reasons. It didn't take long for him to pop up at Sea Electric, which is not surprising, really, given Sea Electric's rolling chassis come from Hino, an arrangement which I'm sure Bill was intrinsically involved. Last time I saw Sea Electric was at Megatrans three years ago, and at that time they had the electric sitting in Isuzu products, but obviously that deal didn't get off the ground. 
So Glenn's background, he's with Kenworth and then Maxitrans and also Sergeant Transport. So he's been around the traps. Yeah. And he described the Brisbane Truck Show as Sea Electric's debutante ball. They were obviously pretty excited. Yeah. So the company started developing the technology back in 2012. And then in 2017, they felt it was good enough to start putting it into various chassis platforms, which included the aforementioned Isuzu, also Hino, Echo, some Ford Transits and the Mercedes Sprinter over in the States. All right. The trucks out on display were obviously Hino's, apart from the Sea Electric logo in the middle of the grill. Yeah. The company's not ashamed in any way of plagiarising the Hino product. It would appear the reverse is equal as the steering wheels, for example, still carry the Hino brand name. Yeah. They had electric versions of the Hino 300, which is a great little truck in its own right. I had that for a week or so, and she was a ripper. They also had the 500 version, which they had set up as a cherry picker, and another 500 as a garbage track. It was a garbage track? (laughs) As a garbage truck. (laughs) I spoke with Mawan, and he's a, the National Parts and Technical Services Manager for C. so I decided to call him the Chief Sparky. Yep. And he was talking about a four-and-a-half-tonne vehicle, which is effectively the Hino 300. And in evaluation, he said that's doing around 220 to 250 kilometres per day on a charge. That seems like a pretty good range to me, and given the Fuso product, they're only talking about 100 kilometres per charge. So yep. that's very impressive that's what they're doing. I was just going to say that the electric truck thing at the show was pretty big. I mean, without sort of cutting into your narrative too much, you did manage to see the Janus thing, didn't you? I did, mate. I did. And that was, I think, one of the standouts of the show. And I'll come to that in a minute. Yep. I'll just wrap up this Sea Electric. I was saying that having driven the Fuso, and it is a nippy little truck, people would be surprised how far 100 k's will get you around town. So 200 plus k's is certainly going to do the job. Anyway, look, mate, they're getting a lot of interest. They have a lot of people walking around at the show and apparently they're getting a lot of interest, particularly in the government sphere from local right through to federal. Right, oh, now Janice happened to be the next stop that I had. So let's talk about that. And here we had a Kenworth truck whose motive power was pure electric. Pretty great idea, though, isn't it, what he's got with open the doors up and take the battery out and change the battery pack? It solves the biggest objection, really, doesn't it? Absolutely, and that's a problem with any electric vehicle is where are you going to be when it runs out of power? Yep. To me, this is, I don't know why anyone else hasn't thought of it before, but it just makes sense. Yep. Now, instead of having a charging station, have a charging station for sure. But have some spare batteries if you can pop them in and out. just solves a multitude of problems. So it was interesting, actually. I met up with Lex Forsyth, and Lex has been involved in trucking for a long time, and he'd be very well known in and around Brisbane. Yeah. I met him years ago, actually, when he bought the lead truck at the Brisbane Convoy for Kids for a mere $30,000. I remember it greatly upset John Kelly, who had expected his newly imported old Peterbilt that he unveiled at his premises the night before to be in the lead. Yeah, well, why would John be pissed off with that? I mean, he doesn't have an ego at all, John, does he? No, mate mild-mannered, shy fella that he is. <laughs> I see he's got a new TV series coming up shortly as well, which is... A... Uh, oh, don't even start me. Anyway, more important things than Johnny gets enough publicity. Let's talk... Let's just talk about the trucks, mate. Let's talk about Janus. <laughs> Look, I've got to say, Lex is a terrific fella, and I asked him how it came about. Yep. Amongst other things, he's got a refueling business, and his young daughter said to him one day, hey, Dad, I'm sick of fossil fuels, and you're you're selling a pollutant, and you need to do something about it. <laughs> Kids, eh? Yep. Anyway, look, that got Lex thinking, and he told her he'd see what he could come up with. Yep. Yeah, sometime later, he ran into an old friend, Bevan Dooley, who he hadn't seen for some 15 years, and he mentioned the idea. And it turned out that Bevan had been thinking electrical as well. And to cut a long story short, yep. Janus was born, or Janus, excuse me if I get the pronunciation wrong. Anyway, as you mentioned, they pretty quickly decided that the battery had to be interchangeable because, of course, a fixed battery is going to limit the range of the truck and recharging a battery of that size was going to take forever. So they got hold of the old Kenworth T403, which people would have seen at the show, and they ripped out the motor and plonked in the biggest battery you ever did see through the grill. And that was apparently Bevan's idea, but he was worried about different batteries for different chassis rails. Lex assured him that all chassis rails were the same, so that problem was easily solved. Yep. So as you mentioned before, Mike, the grill on this truck simply opens up and the forklift inserts the battery. Yep. I mean, it's just simple and, and clever. So did you have a good look at the back of the battery? Is it like I sort of got the vision that it might have like three tongs on the back of it and you just sort of push it in like a bloody a double adapter, you know? Is that how it works? Look, that's my understanding, to be honest with you. They had one on the floor and I, I took a bit of video of it, which you can see on Truck and Gurmy, but can't remember walking around the back. But basically, yeah, that's exactly it. 
I wanted to go around there and see that bloke and have a like a Mac Air start sound effect. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very loud outside and speakers. Play spot. that for him and say, "There you go, mate. Why don't you incorporate that into the electronics?" <laughs> <laughs> the amazing thing about this truck is it's got thirty five hundred newton meters of torque. Wow! But that's from zero. Wow! From zero, and that goes right through to thirty two hundred pm. Yeah, but that amount of torque is just incredible. Now I don't know the average truck. Yours pulls in maximum torque at what? Oh, I think mine's got about 2,050 pounds of torque, I think. Where does that come in? 1,600 to 1,900? Oh, look, it's around the 13 or 1,400, I think. And it sort of works its way up and, you know, you get up to, it starts to fall away after about 1,700 revs, I think. I'm not thinking about the table. I may well be wrong, but that's the way it feels to me anyway. Right. Well, a big difference between that and 3,500 newton metres from zero through to 3,200. I mean, this truck, fully loaded, should get off the mark pretty quickly. Well, yeah. Let's also said that the regenerative braking done through the electric motor is massive. You reckon it's driving bobtail across Brisbane to the show he hardly touched the brakes. So now that's going to be an area of saving for anyone that eventually gets into this type of vehicle. It also acts as a very effective jake brake. Yeah. So the truck apparently will pull a B-double, and when I asked Lex about a trip from Sydney to Melbourne along the Hume, he said that one battery change would need to occur at Tarkata. Yeah. He also said it would take about three minutes, and then you'd be on your way again. Uh, he predicted the cost of that trip to be around 520 bucks. Uh, CF525, and that's, that's with the battery change. So if you're heading from Sydney to Brisbane, they've identified Tari and Grafton and possibly Coffs Harbour, I think it was, as well for battery changeovers. Uh, Lex is a transport operator, as I mentioned before, and he's run trucks all his life, and he's certainly no fool, mate. I was amazed at the amount of interest his display grabbed. <laughs> it was funny because directly opposite was a heap of Daimler product, and I made the comment how the biggest truck company in the world hadn't gotten around to doing this. <laughs> Lex just gave me a smile. Yeah, it's one of those things, though. I mean, if you've got the right truck and the right idea and the motivation to do it, it's not a bad-looking thing. Yeah, no, mate, I totally agree. Look, I mentioned cab overs as well. You know, my suggestion was that they'd be more difficult, but he said the mm. cab over engineering is going to start next year. Mm. They plan to do an Actros and an Argosy, a K200 and a Volvo. So there's no doubt these guys are serious. And, right. and these guys are doing something that no other major manufacturer has done. Mm. And it's just it's just simple, mate. I loved it. It was bloody brilliant. Yeah. As I've often said, electrics are cutting whether people like it or not. And it's funny how it looks so much better when it's in a Kenworth body. I mean, add fake stacks and who'd know, except they won't hear it coming, that matter all going. Oh, well, I mean, that, but also the fact of the matter is it creates a little bit more of what guys are used to. And it's not the whole space age Tesla thing. I mean, you, you look at some of those things, and they're, they're as ugly as a robber's dog, some of them. They're... Yeah, that's true, mate. It's certainly much more acceptable when it's in a Kenny. I was going to say a hat full of assholes. Andy, you'll need to beep that out now. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, though, these things, as we say, the technology is coming. The biggest objection is it doesn't have the range. Janus have come up with the idea of unplugging the battery and giving you another one. To me, that's a game changer. In fact, it does change my opinion about whether it can work or not. Absolutely. Absolutely, Mike. Well, we'll look forward to seeing the developments. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. From there, I wandered over to the Daimler stand, seeing they were over the road, yeah. and uh, they had a range of product, and happily for them, I guess, they had sold stickers on a number of their trucks. Yeah. So there was Fuso, of course, and they had their electric model, as well as an Actros or two, which was promoting their new semi-autonomous steer, which is going to become available later this year, I think. 
They also had a shell of the Freightliner Cascadia, which was split in half, so you could walk in easily and have a look around. And this one had the big 60-inch sleeper on the back. I've got to say, it was very spacious and well laid out. Yeah. That display also displayed the new dashboard for the Cascadia, which they've lifted straight out of the Actros. And, mate, that's no bad thing. It's a good setup. I wasn't a fan of the Cascadia's fake wood and, and squarish instrument pods. This new setup looks a lot more modern. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Miracam appear in the Cascadia at some stage as well. And again, why not? It's all out of the same company. Yeah. Then, of course, it was on to Kenworth, who had the whole back end of the auditorium. Yep. Oh, yeah. I should say here that all the Daimler product was blue, which seems to be that company's favoured colour for any PR work. Now, I don't know if Kenworth realised that and decided to outdo them or was just a coincidence. Might be part of it. But apart from the new SAR legend, every other truck on the stand, both Kenworth and DAF, was in blue. And I've got to say, they made the Daimler products look a little bit plain by comparison. Yep. I reckon Daimler would have been glad that there were a number of stands between themselves and Kenworth. Oh, yeah, but what about the airbrushing, though? I mean, I saw the video and the Drover and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, that 9-0 was just spectacular. Oh, mate, they all were. It was brilliant. I'll put a bit of video up on Trucking with Kermie if people haven't seen it yet, of the various artwork on it, and it was just amazing. Not only that, but that just the whole paint finish on these trucks was superb. It was like they had 15 coats of lacquer on top of them. Well, I saw the video that you did on that. It really did. I was, I was, geez, I was dirty. I missed out on it, mate. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Your loss was my gain. They were brilliant. They were superb. But the hero on the stand, of course, was the SAR, the legend. And there's a long queue of people, I think I mentioned before, who waiting to climb the steps and have a look inside. I actually took a bit of interior footage and put it up on Trucking with Kermie, but it was a bit wobbly, which one of my readers or viewers or whatever you call them, they sort of complained about it. Yep. So I went back on a Sunday to do it again, but the buggers had the doors locked rude i thought for sunday visitors anyway mate look a great looking truck with heaps of design cues from the sars of old and it's together of course with the latest and greatest technology yep hello oh, i'm gonna interrupt you again you got to actually sit inside the thing the first time didn't you i did i did yeah i hopped in it and had a good look around she's modern but it harks back you know everything old is new again i think it's probably the best way to describe it now the next question is did you ever sit in a genuine real one I have, but years ago, long time ago. Is there more legroom in there? Yes, there is. Yes, yeah, plenty of legroom, both sides, actually. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, mate, I drove an SAR back in the day for a little while and knees around your ear holes trying to buddy swing that great big, huge buddy steering wheel that they had in there. Look, although it looks like an old SAR at first glance, there are, I'm told, a heap of differences. And congratulations to Full Smile Spencer and the rest of the design and engineering crew that have made that happen. I reckon they're going to get to keep their jobs for a while yet. So if anyone wants one, July 8 is the day to buy, so pull out your checkbooks, folks. Anyway, a great-looking truck with heaps of design cues from the SARs of old, together with the latest and greatest technology. Yeah, well, Andy had a great interview with the man from Kenworth while he was there and talking about all the detail, and I thought we were lucky, really, to get that much time because, as you say, that place would have just been a hive of activity the whole time. Yes, I heard that on the show last week. It was a good interview, actually. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what I did enjoy when I was just looking at your videos and that all those old bangers, mate, that were, that were there in the corner. Yes, mate, I'll come to that in a minute, but I'll continue on my round, otherwise I'll lose my train of thought. So the next place I stopped off at was Western Star Man, and it was great that they were there because there was another Brisbane-based company that uh, didn't turn up. So Man had the 540 and the 640 cab overs on display, and the Western Star had a 4,900, 4,900 something or other that had a Cummins X15 donk in it and an 80-inch bunk, mate. Oh, yeah, well, all it needs is a mirror ball and a stripper pole, doesn't it? Uh <laughs> <laughs> well mate there's plenty of room in the bunk to hold a party so why not i'd say but it should come as standard if you're going away for a week or two you need a lot of space and i've harped on about the 26 meter rule for a long time now one way or another and i do not understand why the prime mover is part of the overall length i mean to me this is an occupational health and safety thing mike you know you, are you trying to bait me now are you trying to get me started yeah well mate go for it because i'll back you up i've asked this question of the nhvr and i've never had an answer i just don't understand it anyway well i've actually put a sentence submission in about that mate. so I mean, if you're trying to bait me you're on the right track <laughs> <laughs> good i'll rev you up mate i'll keep revving you up until you get answers <laughs> yeah hey mate you're out in the middle of the outback at the moment aren't you driving a road train i mean how big's the bunk in your truck I don't even want to talk about it, mate. Oh, 
<laughs> Obviously not big enough. It's a stock as a rock, K200. Okay. All right, maybe we better change subject. Yeah. Of course, without Mac, Volvo, you know, Isuzu and probably others that I've forgotten, there was a bit of space to fill. And some of that space, mate, I've got to say, was admirably filled by the Heritage Truck Association of Australia, and they put on a display of old stuff. And it was, oh, mate, I just drooled. There was an 86 Kenworth W925SAR. Oh, man, that was a pretty special-looking bit of gear. Oh, magic. The signage told me it was a collector's item and was just one of 30. Yeah. It was written off as a twisted wreck, apparently, and had a full rebuild from the ground up. It was just bloody magnificent. Mm. There was also a 73W924, an International 3070, a 54-inter AR110, and a few others as well. But, mate, my favourite was a 1970 International Lodestar. The red one? That red one, yeah, yeah. Go and have a look on trucking with Kermit, mate. It was just magnificent. I saw it on the video and I thought, Kermit's beside himself. He's in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't tell Rita. You sounded like the bloke that had seen the perfect bird across the dance floor when you saw it, mate. <laughs> yeah, so, mate, look, it wasn't only this truck. You should have seen all the paintwork work was spectacular. The finish was spectacular. They really, they just left me speechless, the job these guys have done on these. Mate, would I like to have one of those parked in the front yard? Again, don't tell Rita. <laughs> well, that'd be all right. I didn't mind that old Bedford, mate. You all made horses for courses. There were all the usual suspects there as well. Yogi obviously got a pass from the West, unlike yourself. Uh, yeah, he got through. He, he stole my <laughs> private jet. That's what happened there. Uh, <laughs> lucky Yogi. Tones from Tones tracking stories, and they're both getting swamped by the adoring public. Yeah. And good on them, I've got to say, they were lapping it up. Yeah. Then I came across father and son duo, Pete and Drew Hallamans, and they've got a company called Avant Garde. Now, Pete was apparently sitting around about 10 years or so ago, and he was having a beer watching a police chopper on telly with a thermal camera. And a thought came to him that they should be in trucks. Yeah. So it's taken him 10 years to become an overnight sensation with these things. Basically, mate, these thermal cameras sit on the roof of the truck with quality engineering so they don't shake, rattle and roll, and they can see way further down the road than the naked eye, or indeed your headlights and spotties. The demo video they showed me was pretty convincing, I must say. They sold around 300 of these in Western Australia alone. They're eight and a half grand each, so they sound expensive, but if you think about it, you only need one prang, much less three trailer loads of dead cattle to see the value of these things. Yep. Good luck to the guys, and I hope they do very well. Oh, well, look, I've heard a little bit about these things from, from other places, and there are some people that love them. They reckon they're fantastic. You can see that camel walking across the road or sleeping on the road because they like to do that. Well, that's right. They don't work so well in, in wet areas, so they're not going to take off in, in northern Queensland where you get a lot of rain, but there's a lot of parts of Australia, and certainly inland Queensland, where they'd be very effective. I'd have one if I was doing that for a living and I wanted to protect a, a million dollars' worth of truck and cargo. Yeah. So... What else? What else did I do? Ah, everyone was talking about mental and physical health for truckies these days, and that was well represented through healthy heads in trucks and sheds who were being helped out by volunteers from the NRFA. Yep. Good day to Bernie Dalton and Trev Warner and Rod Hannafy were there. Good guys, and they're really doing a lot for the industry. Yeah. There was also Health and Gear, which is part of OzHelp, and that sprang from the old TransHelp. It's good that these guys, mate, aren't competing with each other, but they're complementing each other, and that's a good thing for the industry. Yeah. Yeah, on that. I couldn't go ahead without mentioning Sally Tipping. So for those of you out there that don't know Sally and her husband, Grant, they own Tipping Transport at Dubbo, and they've been operating for some 30 years. I had trouble believing that because Sally still looks like a teenager. Anyway, Sal's a lady who started Wave to a truckie, and she was at the show handing out stickers to promote that concept. Mate, here is a single lady. She's going out there personally and on Facebook to try and change the perception of the public towards truck drivers. And she said to me that a smile is free and courtesy costs nothing and it makes everybody feel better and ain't that the truth. You know, she's been doing this for nearly two years now. She's trying to humanise a truck driver to the rest of the world. Mm. She had brochures and stickers and, and she finances everything herself. I mean, to me, Sally should be right at the top of the tree when it comes to receiving an order of Australia. Good on you, Sally. You're just one really brilliant, caring human being. Hats off to you. She is, isn't she? She's done a great job. So to wrap up, Mike, look, mate, it was a good show. I think it lacked from not having the Macs and Scanners and so forth there. Yeah, well, I was surprised that Volvo Mac didn't go. I mean, because, good God, they're only just up the road. Yeah. I mean, 
We all know that it costs big dollars to put the stands in and prepare for it, and it's all on the off chance. That's right. Like, I know Volvo Mac have done some great things with the drought, you know, with Jimmy Barnes's Mac and all that sort of stuff that they've donated. Mac and Volvo certainly do give back to the community and all that sort of stuff, but frightfully surprised that they didn't turn up at the truck show. Yeah, yeah, I think many were. Western Star managed to come down the road with their product and man's, but look, that's the way it is. I'm sure they'll be seen at other things, and we're only here to wonder why, not to know the reasons why, I guess. Yeah, I, don't, I can't. I'd love to. I'd love to have a sit down with the marketing manager at Volvo and say, "Mate, what happened there?" <laughs> yeah, it could be an interesting conversation. Maybe he's not taking messages this week. Yeah, the, the next time I'm in Brisbane, I'll try and find him and ask that question on your behalf and also mine. Well, it's just it'd be just one of those things. I mean, obviously, it's just one of those decisions that they make as a business, and you know they've got their right to do it. It's a, it's a great loss to one of the biggest truck shows around. That's right. That's right. I think the other guys would have been doing very good sales from the number of stickers I saw in the window that said sold, and they could no doubt have moved a few themselves. But look, their loss. Well, that's right, mate. As I was saying, it was it was a good show. So, what about all the other stuff, mate? There were side stalls galore and, as I said before, everyone from Yogi to Tones to just about any ancillary product you'd ever find that's got anything to do with the trucking world. I think they had about 31,000 people that turned up. Most of those seemed to be in the morning. The afternoons eased off a bit, which was nice for me trying to get some photographs without heads in the shot. Yeah. But, look, it had everything to do with trucking. It is the number one truck show in Australia for good reason. Mm. Others have come and fallen by the side, but the Brisbane truck show will keep going forever. I loved it. Look, just before we do wrap up, I just remember one other guy I saw. Yeah. And this was a guy called Josh who was at a company called Roebuck, R-O-B-U-K. And they had a tipper on display with a double pin. But instead of having to drop the forward pin in yourself, you just simply press a button on a trailer and a ram drops it down into place. So to me, that was the epitome of the KISS principle and you wonder why no one else has done it. And it's also included as a standard fitment on the product. Yeah. They had another trailer there for carting grain. And I've got to tell you, you would notice the rear of this trailer on the road. Not only does it stand out, which is good for the Roebuck name, but it has neat little innovations on it, such as that sliding door of the base being waterproof and not being able to catch grain. So that's handy. Yeah. Uh, the rear door is also two-way, and the way they've designed it will never drop, and it's going to work first time every time, so they say. I mentioned something about a well-known trailer maker down at Bayswater who make this type of trailer, and Josh commented to me, he said, yep, they're the Toyota of trailers. We want to be the Lexus. <laughs> so good on them. Look, if you're in the market for that type of trailer, folks, it's it's worth looking right back up on Facebook or on the web. Uh, you may have a wait, though, because their success at the truck show has pushed their orders out by about six months. Wow. Which I guess says something about the product. Yeah, well, it does. Before you go on or before you go off, whichever, You've got to clarify something for me, mate. Listen to what you said there. A double pin. What are you talking about? A pin that, uh, that like. A- so the pin that hooks up to the fifth wheel, there's the standard pin, and then, then there's this drop pin, which is about 50 centimetres forward of that that you can use. Oh, righto. I don't know enough about it to tell you any more than that, mate. I'm sorry. Oh, well, it, I can tell you what it does. All right. It varies the amount of weight that you're putting forward in the different areas. So you can actually it would make your closing up your length or it would make you throw a little bit weight further forward or further back, help you get your axle group weights right, help you get your lengths right. That's a good idea. I've learned something new today, mate. Every day you've got to learn something new, and thanks to you, Mike, I have. Bless you, mate. <laughs> Mate, look, it was a terrific show. The fact is that they do it better than anyone else. And whilst not all the manufacturers were there this year, they will be next because they're just going to have to be. It was a terrific show. Well, you're going to go out and have a bit of a look at a bit of stuff around the world for us and uh, and maybe report back. And maybe next truck show, mate, you and I, arm in arm, we'll breast the bar. and um... Oh, we'll be in on that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a couple of things coming up. I've got to look uh, next week, in fact, at the new Hino 700, which is their biggest truck, both uh, a prime mover, and uh, that's a brand new release. We don't get to drive it next Wednesday, but I'm sure I will shortly after. They're pretty good at lending us trucks over at Hino. So I'll be happy to report back to you guys on that. And the Kenworth Classic's not that far away. Kenworth Classic is coming up mid-September and I'm booked, locked and loaded to go on that and I'll be happy to give you guys a verbal report on the events around that show. Going to be some machinery there, I can tell you, mate. That'd be wonderful. Then, of course, we've got the Castlemaine Truck Show coming up later in the year as well. And there's a few more that are around those three shows. So it gets busy for the second half of the year and I'm looking forward to it, mate. We'll be talking trucks, trucks, and more trucks. 
All right, buddy. Mate, I could go on and on about it, but, you know, I've got a choice of talking to you or going to pour myself a wee dram of monkey shoulder and hate to tell you, Mike, but guess who wins out? <laughs> right, mate. Thanks for talking. You take care of yourself, all right? Good to talk to you, mate. Look after yourself out there in the middle of the outback and just remember to, to take care and look out for those roos and camels. Yeah, well, I, I'm not anywhere near those, mate. I'm, I'm working in the wheat belt, not a lot of camels down there. <laughs> all right, mate. You go and get yourself another monkey shoulder. Well, I'm going to go and have a beer and we'll catch up with you later. Good on you, mate. Cheers now. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. On the road news time, Mike, we got a bit to cover today, mate. We sure do. There's a lot going on, mate. I'll tell you what, you blokes over there in the eastern states know how to keep the entertainment rolling. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> hey, mate, just quickly, have you ever noticed how TV news presenters always start the news by saying good evening yep. and then they spend the next hour telling you why it isn't? <laughs> yeah, and they talk with their hands too, have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. I can't do that. I can't talk with his hands when he does his videos, but I, I can't do it on this. So maybe if I just nod the head, I could do a bit of a Bob Santa Maria. Yeah, well, you, that's it. You've got to be part Italian to be able to do that properly. I've, there's a an ad for solar power, I think, with Steve Water on it. Mm. And his hand movements are so choreographed. They're just awful. Absolutely awful. Feel sorry for the guy. Anyway. Yep. Moving right along, truckies using an official breakdown pad for hooking up and unhooking their trailers on a former airstrip in North Queensland have been warned and some even breached and fined $700 for leaving trailers there. Yeah, that would be actually an unofficial breakdown pad, mate. Isn't that what I said? No, no, I think you said official. Officially, I meant to say unofficial. Indeed. So, <laughs> on the Woodstock Bureau Road in North Queensland, these blokes have been using this little bit of an area off to the side there to break down their road trains and all that. They've been doing it for ages. Bit of a gentleman's agreement, the uh, the Scalies haven't been knocking them off, mm. but now they've started saying, oh, well, it's a it's a stockpile area and you can't use it, and we're finding them 700 bucks. So old mate, owner-operator up there from Woodstock, Lindsay Cavill, said that they're having a bit of a push to get the area officially gazetted so that truckies can resume using the area. It makes sense to use it. It's right where everyone knows it is, and it's safe, and it's off the road, and all the rest of it doesn't inconvenience anyone. You know what I find most amusing about this, mate? What's that? You can flip a bloody fuel tanker up on the M1, mm. route the traffic up for hours, yeah. inconvenience thousands of people, yep. spend tens of thousands of dollars in a clean-up. Yep. Situation normal. Yep. <laughs> waste the court's time and the people's time Yep. and get fined 500 and something bucks. Yeah. But God help you if you park your trailers on an old bit of bloody airstrip out the side of the side of the road in North Queensland. 700 bucks. Maybe some farmer wants to park his crop duster there or something. Oh, mate. It's just bloody ridiculous. And I mean, this is the sort of thing, the inequities in the way the law goes, makes people you know, like me, professional drivers, just shake their head. Where's the logic in that? Yeah. Hard to find it. It's just craziness. You know, everyone's used the area. There are a lot of unofficial rest areas and things along the way that we use. Mm. How do we end up with a $700 fine for dropping a set of trailers off the side of the road? Yeah. No, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. Well, all sorts of strange things went on in Woodstock, mate. Woodstock. <laughs> I don't think it's the same Woodstock. Oh, there you go. Now, mate, we need your breaking news sound effect, please. It just never gets old, does it? <laughs> Did you know that there's a coronavirus outbreak in Melbourne? Oh, uh, really? <laughs> 
And due to the latest coronavirus outbreak in Melbourne, it's forced the last-minute postponement of the Transport Women Australia conference that was to have been held this weekend. Indeed it has. So if you were going to go to that, change your plans. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all we've got to say about it. I mean, but this is the thing that they were worried about with the truck show, you know? Mm. But at the last minute, there'd be a knee-jerk reaction from someone because someone sneezed in a shopping centre somewhere. Yep. And this would be what would happen. We've got to get past this, mate. We really do have to get past this. The other thing, not related to this story and from another news source, Channel 9, mm. they're saying that people going back into Queensland, even if you've been vaccinated, if you've been in a hot spot in Melbourne, you've got to quarantine. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too much into it. Obviously, it's politics and all the rest of it. And God knows I'm not a political animal. No. But uh, <laughs> sarcasm intended. <laughs> Indeed. Tongue so far in your cheek, you were licking your ear there, mate. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, no, it's just craziness. So this little conference has been brought to a standstill and uh, obviously they'll reschedule it for a date to be determined. Jacqueline Brotherton will be making a statement about it down the track, I'm sure, and hopefully they can get it all sorted out and get on with it, mate. Hopefully they can indeed. Now, mate, a slightly convoluted one here, and you'll explain it well, I'm sure, but Freightlancer.com, a subsidiary of freight logistics company Freelancer, mm. has bought heavy haulage transport marketplace Loadshift for $7.7 million. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's a little bit complicated. Yeah. The short story of it is, is that they're just loading agents. Mm. So back in the day, well, I used to use Tommy Baker up in Sydney years ago, and you'd ring him up and tell him you were coming and you'd have a look and he'd organise a load for you and tell you where to go and how much it was and all the rest of it. You'd swoop around there and grab it and, and head off. Mm. So what we're doing here is basically a load board, I believe, and it's been going along pretty good. These guys have shifted a fair bit of freight and 73,000 loads, I think, posted in the last 12 months. Wow. 85.8 million kilometres worth of freight have been requested in 2020, apparently. Mm. So 7.7 million, no, that's, a, that's a lot of bickies, mate. That's a lot of pies. It is. And a couple of beers. And a couple of beers. Anyway, Freightlancer Chief Executive Matt Barry said they'd shift the lines with Freelancer's mission. I'm sure they do. They'll work it all out. The guys that know these services and use these services apparently won't see any real change at the front end where they've been using the service. So yeah. there you go. Well, meanwhile, back in Victoria, what is it? COVID Central? COVID Central, yeah. WorkSafe Victoria has revealed that strict new reporting requirements will soon come into play for duty holders storing or handling hazardous materials above certain quantities. So this is a review of the standing regulations from July the 1st, 2021. Dangerous goods storage and handling regulations will change. Everyone who's handling dangerous goods in bulk or whatever has to make sure that they're across all the rules. So the reason why we're talking about this simply is because I mean, everyone's got to be aware of it and they've got no sense of humour when it comes to this. Having spent several years working in the dangerous goods sector myself, I can tell you the fines, if you get it wrong, can be really quite startling. So have a look at what your requirements are and what your reporting standards are and keep yourself on the right side of the authorities. Absolutely. And mate, from on the road to on the rails, the Rail, Tram and Bus Union is fighting against a proposal from the Office of the National Rail Safety Regulator mm -hmm. for the mandated use of in-cab visual recording devices in all Australian trains, saying that the constant video surveillance will impact the mental health of workers. <laughs> uh, that's a cynical laugh, mate. Mm. Picked up on that. You did, did you? Mm. Tell you what, these guys about... I don't know, several years behind the curve on this thing. Yeah. As you know, and as our sponsors will tell you, you know, seeing machines and, and all that sort of thing, there's a certain amount of safety aspects that are involved in this. And so apparently train drivers feel they're different to everyone else. They don't need to be supervised while they're at work because, mm. you know, they're always sitting there diligently paying attention to what they're doing and trains don't derail or anything like that. No. Mark Diamond, the representative national secretary, said that the union is deeply concerned about the impacts of constant video surveillance. Put it simply, the regulator's proposal is draconian and dangerous. No. I don't see much draconian about it, and I don't see much dangerous about it personally. Yeah. I'd love to have a bit of a chat with him and maybe educate him about the value of having a bit of an eye on what's going on. In the words of Pink Floyd... Indeed. So the fact is that they can't observe you while you're on a private break. Yep. So some arrangement would have to be made there. 
the cameras in the trucks turn off, when the key turns off, they've got the same objections to it all that truck drivers have had historically. Mm. And I can tell you now, it's all been through the courts. The decisions have been made. The train drivers are going to have to join us in this century. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I believe we're probably talking about, you know, these big line oil trains that do the containers across the country and all that sort of stuff. I don't think we're talking about inner city trains. Well, they're saying all Australian trains, so. Are they? Mm. So I thought the inner city ones had cameras in them already. Don't know. I know they do in the passenger parts. Don't know about the cabs, though. Yeah. Mm. They're very concerned, though. Safety's been used for a stalking horse for introduction of Big Brothers style surveillance systems <laughs> to monitor and discipline workers. There you go. There's nothing wrong with being monitored. There are cameras all over the place now. The checkout chick at the 7-Eleven has got a camera on her these days. Yep. Everyone's got cameras on them everywhere you go. So, Mark, I'm afraid you're on a loser, buddy. Yep. Well, that's about all we've got time for this week, mate. That's good because I've got to go back to work, mate. I'm heading back out into the wheat belt with another load of fertiliser and entertain myself for a few hours out there. And I'm sure you will well too. Just got one last little bit of advice for everyone. A great way to win an argument is to say to the person, look, I'd really like to agree with you, but there'd be no point as then we'd both just end up being wrong. (laughs) I'll have to use that. Leave that one with you. Indeed. See you, mate. See ya. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Hey everyone, Kermie here. Hope you're travelling well, staying safe and on the right side of the white line, by which of course I mean the left. I also hope you're tuning in to the On The Road podcasts with Mike and Andy, because if you're not, two things will happen. One, you'll be missing out on some great interviews, a good few laughs, and what's generally going on out there in truckland. Uh, what's the other thing? Ah, that's it. You won't have heard this plug for On The Road. Hmm. Okay then, so, those of you who are already on here, go and tell your mates about On The Road. They can find it on Spotify or iTunes at On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. But you knew that, didn't you? Because you're already... Yeah, look, just go and sell them, okay? Cheers, and take care of you. Alright, steer tyres. So, we've had a bit of a conversation about steer tyres. I've had a few people get back to me. Ryan Smith from uh, Bordertown got back to me and uh, had a bit of a chat about what they're doing there with their agricultural stuff running super singles, Goodyear K-Max, and running them at 125 pounds per square inch. Seemed a lot to me, but anyway, he said that they've been doing a bit of research. They're running the Atlas balance rings. A lot of guys are running the balance rings instead of the balance bags. No one's running wheel weights anymore, it doesn't seem like. Some guys are just putting the tyres on and doing nothing with them. And for some reason, they're claiming to get a good run out of them. I don't know. just seems to me that you do have to have something. As we said when I talked about initially, guys running pressures as low as 85 pounds a square inch in your 295s, and that seems as though it's a little bit low, I suppose. It just depends on what you're doing. But, uh, you know, the 100, 110, 110, 115 seems to be a pretty average sort of a pressure, but there are a hell of a lot of guys running the balance rings. I've had those on the 909 I was driving, and they made a hell of a difference. Some guys are even running them on the drives as well. It seems as though that's a bit of a thing. But they're $500 a set, I think. I'm going to have to find out a little bit more about it. I'm going to have to get one of the guys from one of these balance ring crowds on. We'll have a talk, see about how they work. Look, if anyone else is out there talking about balance rings or anything else, love to hear it. Love to hear your feedback. Send me an email, mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Any subject you want to talk about, more than happy to talk about it. But Ryan, you've got a cap on the way out to you, mate. I'm going to give away a heap of these caps. Let's get some feedback. Let's get some things going on. Take care out there, and we'll see you on the road.
If you're old enough to remember the Australian TV comedy show that was known as Fast Forward, you may or may not also recall the song they recorded for the show, brilliantly headed up by comedian Peter Moon. Taking us out this week, here's Peter Moon and the Fast Forward crew with I've Got a Big Truck. You know, I'm not the kind of Aussie guy to be stuck behind a desk. I'd rather be stuck behind the wheel of a truck because a truckie's life is best. I've got a big truck, it's a large truck, it's a huge truck, it's my truck. He's got a big truck, it's a large truck, it's a huge truck, it's his truck. My truck's on big wheels, lots of big wheels, they're bloody huge wheels, it's got big wheels. He's got big wheels, lots of big wheels, they're bloody huge wheels, he's got big wheels. That brings us to the end of another On The Road show, brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions. You know, the thing I really like about being a truckie is the freedom. Just so long as you go where you're told, get there on time, and pay your 36 grand to the finance company, you're a free man. I've got a big truck, it's a large truck, it's a huge truck, it's my truck. He's got a big truck, it's a large truck, it's a huge truck, it's his truck. It's got a big dog, got a bloody large dog, it's got a huge dog, a bloody big dog. He's got a small dog, it's a tiny dog, it's a little wee dog, it's a puny dog. I've got a big truck, it's a large truck, it's a huge truck, it's a bloody big truck.